Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. Hey everybody, this is Tara Lynn, and I am going to bring you a face palm today. And that face palm is poison ivy. <laughs> I am like weirdly nerdy about I spend a ton of time in the mountains with my kids and without my kids. And just I mean like behind my house. Like literally if I'm feeling off in my day, I walk outside and I go in the mountains for like ten minutes, you know, whatever. Um, or I'll go out with my kids a lot and we'll go like on actual like explorations. Well, me and my two boys went outside and I'm always like showing them what different plants are. Like I have this app that I love identifying plants with. So I'm totally geeked out. Like this one's edible. This one's toxic, whatever. So I'm all proud of myself. Like look at what a botanist I am here. A wild woman I am. And guys, I point out poison ivy to my kids all the time. Like I know how to identify it. It isn't like I don't know what it looks like. But I went out with and but but I also still get poison ivy rashes every year. So at least once a year. So I just went out and was with my two boys. I did not see any poison ivy. There was not a single thing of poison ivy that I saw. And I got me and Parker got poison ivy rash. And mine was so bad. His was just a little bit on his leg. Mine was like full blown on my arm. Like people thought I had a weird disease. It was oozing. It was, <laughs> it was so, yeah, it was like a frightening, probably eh, not the worst place I've ever gotten it. Cause I've gotten it way worse places that I won't mention right this second, unless I should. Cause I think you guys appreciate it. You know what? I'm going to let my, <laughs> let my <laughs> things be a reason to laugh. Okay. Guys, I, one time, and this was two years ago, I was going pee in the bushes, apparently brushed my butt up against some poison ivy. And it was the itchiest poison ivy I have ever had in my entire life. And it was it was so bad, like literally so bad. So I've had it in worse places for sure. But this was the worst like looking one I've ever had. In fact, yeah, it's it's bad. So my question is, my, my face palm is, so what's the point of being able to identify poison ivy if apparently I'm not even seeing the poison ivy that I'm like <laughs> rubbing up against? Am I snuggling with poison ivy and not even realizing it? I even went out with my son Parker the next day to – it was two days later where we had gone because I'm like, how did I miss it? Still couldn't find it. Like what? <laughs> what? I don't even know what to say except for that obviously I'm like missing something really important about the identification. So there you go. That's it. <laughs> Oh man, I haven't had poison ivy, but I think it's just the amount of time spent for it. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of time spent in the mountains, apparently off trail. It's always off trail. I never get it when I'm just hiking on a trail. I started getting it literally when we moved to Farmington and I started being off trail all the time, <laughs> like sitting in bushes. So that's the, <laughs> that's the problem, but it's worth it. It's totally worth it. I just it's really itchy it's so it's the most itchy besides like chicken pox I had when I was a little kid it is so incredibly itchy like it takes all of my self-control not to just scratch off my skin 
Yeah, that sounds horrible. I, like Felicia, have also not had it. Thank goodness, knock on wood, but ugh. How have you not had it? You've grown up in the exact same neighborhood that I live in now. I don't know, Terilyn. Maybe I am a better botanist. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you are. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm totally joking. No, I don't know. I don't know how I have not gotten it, but I'm grateful. And but because, yeah, I've just witnessed yours. And I think to myself, oh, that looks so painful because it does. It looks really painful. But anyway. Oh, gosh, that's hilarious. Okay, I'm sure we'll hear this story again. (laughs) My yes, yes. later this season, I'll show you where I get it next. Yes. Okay. My face palm is to Disney World, <laughs> which I'm sure to a lot of people is offensive, but I just don't think I like Disney World that much. <laughs> we took our kids to Disney World and Universal Studios before we left Florida just to. Check that off the lifetime bucket list (laughs) and check it off. We did guys. I don't know. It was pretty much miserable to me in every way. And I, (laughs) I don't know if my kids even liked it that much. I can think of, okay, so we went, we've been home back in Utah and my five-year-old mentioned that he met Mickey, which was definitely his favorite part of Disney World and they were like what was your favorite ride to all the kids and they were all just kind of like uh Harry Potter World like they did they liked Harry Potter World and Universal but I don't think they cared about Disney World which made me feel better and less guilty about never going back to that (laughs) (laughs) the lines were so long you would just have to be on your phone all day to get in the next line and the rides we did go on Tron which was 12 seconds of fun but I don't know if that was worth the whole day of misery. <laughs> <laughs> the whole day of drudgery from 12 seconds of fun. I, I just think I'm not a Disney World gal. And for everyone listening who is <laughs> I'm still your friend, I love you that you love it, but I just can't get behind it. <laughs> Lost. See, it's funny because I love – well, I haven't been with my own kids. I've been with your kids. Like, Terrell and I think the last time I went to Disneyland, not World, which I think there is a quite a big distinction there. But um, I loved going with your kids. That was way fun. I do really love it, but I'm interested to see how it would go because I do want to go with my kids, and I do like roller coasters and stuff. So, anyway, I'm interested how that will be for me now as a parent because I haven't ever been as a parent. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. And maybe yeah. when, like, I've been to Disneyland and it's a different vibe. It's less chaos and it's more simple. Mm-hmm. And maybe when, when if you had older kids and you could actually, because, right, there's only one, like, or two maybe actually, like, fun, more adrenaline rides in the park. The rest is just, like, small worlds. My mm-hmm. kids, they wanted to jump out of the boat in small worlds. And those, they did not, they did not enjoy those rides. So maybe when you have older kids and you can go on like roller coasters, but there's only like two in the whole. Yeah. Hold on. They want to jump out of the boat. Like they want to get out of the ride. Like, I hate this. Get me out of here. They did it so much. Oh, <laughs> hated it. Because they were bored or because they were scared or creeped out. I don't think scared and creeped out. I think literally like this is the stupidest thing I've ever done and it's taken forever. And why am I doing this? We were on jungle cruise and my kids were looking around going, mom, these animals are all fake. They were so bothered. Like they were just like, no, 
We're not. This is ridiculous. So I don't know. I think it's genetic. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think it's interesting because I totally hear what you're saying. I can go very long times in between. I actually haven't been to Disney World since I was a little tiny kid, so I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, Disneyland and Harry Potter World are my experiences with kids. I really liked Harry Potter World, but I couldn't do it a lot because it takes – it's not really my energy vibe as in like I couldn't do a lot. Like I couldn't do like a week of it. Like Dream. two days, perfect, you know. And same thing with Disneyland. Like give me a day there and I'm I like it, but a whole trip of it just wouldn't work for me. So – but I know people who go, they'll go for two weeks straight and go every day and just love it so much. So I think it's, I think there's like a, yeah, like a, what's your vibe? For me, I'm like, I like it a little bit and little baby doses. And also I'm kind of, I'm kind of a fair weather uh, theme park person. I don't want it too hot. I don't want it too crowded. I'd rather go on a really off season, kind of coldish day if I'm going to like it. So I'm kind of. Like my mom says with skiing, you know, she only goes on like perfect days. If I could choose, it would be every like few years, not that much time and in ideal, not specifically just not hot. I don't like being hot, staying in lines all the time. Like it's not very fun. And kids and then they're climbing on you and they're like, man, they're like leaning against you all the time. And you're like, ah, get away from me. (laughs) We're here for you. (laughs) Have fun. Okay. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. Yes. Agreed. (laughs) <laughs> okay well I am looking forward well kind of not really I don't know now I don't know how I feel about the time that I will go with my kids we'll see I don't have any plans to not for a while but <clears throat> okay well mine is also gonna be a face palm which triple face palm for us triple face palm oh, yes. yes okay so mine actually this is hilarious this actually just happened yesterday which maybe for you guys, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this happens to me all the time. But this was the first time in my motherhood career, which actually I'm kind of amazed that I've made it this far um, because now it's been four years. But yesterday we were, I was with um, Cam's mom. We were out, we were doing like a fun little outing. Anyway, at the end of the time, and I didn't realize my youngest, who's like one and a half, he had had my water bottle drinking it and I hadn't really been paying attention. Anyway, we get in the car. And I get all the kids in, I'm ready to go. And and I was kind of feeling like a little bit done just at the end of it, just because like my kids were kind of tired. And so, you know, I get in the car and I go to take like a nice drink of water and it was the floaty water, like so much yuck, 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 yuck. And so I like drink it and I was like, oh, oh, like I like open the door and like spit out everything. I was like, oh no. And I looked in and like the water was just cloudy with whatever was in there. I don't even, I'm not even a hundred percent sure what was in there. I think what had happened though, is that Will had put, I think, but again, I don't know. I don't think I was paying enough attention. I think he had put some goldfish just in the top of it. Like, so anyway, so then it was just like, oh, it was so so bad. It was so bad. And actually, cause I'm like, cause of course my kids drink out of my water. I mean, they don't drink out of anything else. So I feel like, but I'm usually pretty careful. Like if they've eaten, I'm usually like, okay, swallow. Like I'm like, swallow, swallow. Okay. Now you can drink. Like, I'm like, none of this, like, I'm not going to do this. So again, I'm actually, I've, I'm kind of amazed I've made it this far because of how much they drink out of my water, but it was bad. And then what was bad about it, that was bad. The one time, like I almost threw up, like I was like, Oh, it was so bad. And then, so I like close it. 
And Robin, my mother-in-law, was really nice. She's like, oh, you can drink out of mine. I'm like, no, I'm actually not thirsty. I think I'm just like – it was just a habit. So then – but then it happened like two more times on the drive. I just wasn't thinking. I was talking. So then I would like go to drink it and I'd be like, oh. And as I was drinking it, she's like, Caitlin, I think that's a bad one. Like I think (laughs) that's a yucky one. (laughs) Anyway, so then it would be like the same thing. I'd like have to open up the door and like – like throw it all up. So finally I had to put the water bottle in the back seat. Cause I'm like, okay, this is not working for me. Like I need <laughs> for me, somebody. It was so bad. Oh. oh my gosh. I'm laughing. I, I thought you were going to say you dumped it out the first time, but I love that you just kept the floaty water and you just kept accidentally. <laughs> it. I know. I know. Oh God. Because now I have actually cleaned the water bottle. Obviously, I did that when I got home. But now when I drink out of the water bottle, I almost have like PTSD. That's what reminded me of it before. I was going to do a different high five or face bump. And then every time I drink out of it, I'm like, I almost get like a a reminder. Like I'm like, ah, is there <laughs> something in here? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. that's disgusting. <laughs> it was gross. That's it was gross. gross. Yeah. One anyway. of my favorite floaties of all time was watching Jeff one time. It was a clear water bottle and Savannah had put a bunch of like spit a bunch of cake into it. It was so gross. Mm. And he asked, but it had all settled at the bottom. So we all watched as he like put it up. And as he did it, it was like a snow globe, just like oh. everywhere. And you could see it. Like in your water bottle, you couldn't actually see it, right? It was, we were at a wedding and it was hilarious. Oh, anyway, there's just something about floaties that is just truly in your bones. Like, so disgusting. So oh, even just hearing that. I'm like, sorry you experienced that. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for your empathy. And yeah, even just hearing that story kind of makes me want to throw up. So <laughs> so gross. Okay. Well, on that note, we're going to something that is actually really fun. So we all read the Enneagram, like we read a, a couple books about the Enneagram. So for any of those who, any of those of you who are big Enneagram fans, we're going to talk a little bit about it. However, we want to just give a disclaimer here that we are not experts. There are people that are experts about this, which is really fun. What we would recommend is we think it's a really cool tool and it's something that I think as we read it, like as I was reading it, I've had a couple friends talk about the Enneagram, but as I was reading this, I really was, I really loved it because here's how I normally sometimes feel about personality tests or I don't know, assessments of your personality. Oftentimes when I read these, I think to myself, you can't define me. Like I'm not a number. And sometimes as I read them, I find myself in all of them. So I'm like, ah, I don't like this because I don't actually feel like I'm one of them. So I actually really loved reading this, especially coming from someone who I'm typically not super into it, like into defining myself in one box because I just never feel like I totally resonate with any one of them. I have to put a bookmark there. And anyone who is listening who's familiar with Enneagram needs to know at this point that Caitlin thinks she's a nine. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When you say that part, thank you. (laughs) Yes. Very indicative of, yeah, a nine. Totally. Because it's like, I, I feel like I can find myself in all of them. What was great about this is that, so yeah. So then as I was reading, it was so good because I actually did. I think the nice thing about this is again, if you, if you decide after listening to this, that you maybe want to look more into it, you can take tests online. There are free tests that you can take, which we can put a link in of one that we we have a link. Um, I had my husband do it, so he didn't have to read the whole thing. But but if you really want to get into it, it is nice to be able to read a book because you actually know there's like there is a lot to it. And that's why we're not going to spend the whole thing going into all the details. But we're gonna talk a little bit about why it can be really helpful. And it's a really it's just one useful tool 
to come to know yourself and therefore know your world better. So I'm going to actually take a quote. One of the main books that we read that we're going to talk, that we're going to refer to, it's called The Road Back to You, and it's by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stable. I hope I'm saying her last name right. Um, but anyway, what she, what a quote from there that I actually really loved. He said, working with the Enneagram helps people develop the kind of self-knowledge they need to understand who they are and why they see and relate to the world the way they do. When that happens, you can start to get out of your own way and become more of the person God created you to be. And then, um, he says, it's just one tool to help deepen our love for God and others. And then I love this quote. It says, without knowledge of self, there is no knowledge of God. So I just love this. It's just one tool that we have that can help us know ourselves a little bit better. And when we know ourselves better, we're able to know God and the divine better too, which I actually really totally felt that as I was reading this, there was a lot of things where I did feel like I came to know myself better and maybe some things behind the why of why I do certain things. Cause that's a lot of what it's about. Like you might look the same, like you might be doing the same actions on the outside as someone else who's a different number, but it's really like your intentions and your motivations behind it that are driving you that, that kind of help you know what your number are. So, um, what your number is. So I, um, I would like to be an expert on Enneagram, but I feel like it is something really cool. It's a cool tool to be able to use, to be able to get to know yourself better. And then I think be able to relate to the world around you just a little more effectively and better. Yeah. I think it, uh, helps me be more aware of why I'm doing what I'm doing, which I've noticed since I've read on what my number is, I can see where I'm, I might be looking like Caitlin was saying, I might be looking on the outside, like I'm doing something for good or for ill, but your intention, you can then more truly see your intention, which I think is Mm -hmm. really powerful for anyone to be able to see their intention. And when we first, (laughs) When we first brought up reading the Enneagram, I was like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Except for I don't want to read about everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so funny because as I started to read and discover my Enneagram, which I'm a three wing four for any of those who that makes sense to who know the Enneagram, that is threes are very like. Let's get to the point and not do this convoluted way of getting somewhere, which totally plays into why yeah. I did this at first of the Enneagram. It's like, can we just fast forward to where I don't have to read all this stuff about everybody else? <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting. And also when we were debating recording this and I felt a little resistance to it, threes also and with my wing four, they want to be the, like, if they're going to do something, they want to be the best at it. And so for me, it's like, I, I am not an expert on the Enneagram, nor did I pay very good attention when I was listening to the stuff about everybody else besides myself. It was kind of like, oh, dang it. I don't really want to do it because I don't feel like I'm going to be successful at explaining the Enneagram to people. <laughs> Which is perfect because that means her, literally her Enneagram was showing up in the recording of this. We've actually recorded it once and it didn't, technology we didn't work. And we had to like convince, she's like, we can't, I can't do this. And I'm like, we can, we can do this. We shall, we do not, you know, like it's, but it's fun because it shows literally 
the trait that we're talking about is showing up in the recording of this because yeah, you want to be an expert and also it was hard to pay attention to all the other, all the other numbers. <laughs> I like it. Exactly. Yeah. With that, I do just want to say, I think we're not going to go into detail with all the numbers, but just so you know, for anybody who's listening, that's like, what is the Enneagram? Just so you know, there are, there are nine numbers. And as you learn about it, you, you kind of discover what your number is. And it's kind of interesting. I'm just going to briefly say that you can have a wing, which is like one of the numbers on the side of your number. So like I would be a nine wing one. Felicia just said she's a three wing four. Anyway, so you have that. And then it'll also talk about where like your number can kind of reflect traits of other numbers when you're in a stress place or when you're a security place. And that all sounds kind of convoluted, but um, I think what makes it, I think again, what I actually really liked about that is that again, it wasn't just a single, like this is your number and this is what you are. It's like, it can look differently when you are stressed or where you're like in an unhealthy place and it can look differently. And I feel like I saw that in myself. So I think that's what kind of makes it, it almost feel like it um, resonates a little more with me is because it's it's like pretty dynamic for who you are and how that looks for different things. So anyway, I feel like it's totally worth looking into for anybody who is kind of wondering about this. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to kind of explore a couple of things that we've learned about ourselves in this since we are not experts in all of the all of the numbers. And the whole point of this is to help you guys maybe get a feel for the benefits of exploring things like this for yourself, the things you learn about yourself. Because, I mean, I hear a lot of people be like, why Why does it matter? Like, you're just labeling me anyway. Like, there's no point. But for for us, all of us, with our different, different type, I mean, no matter what type you are, what we found is there's such benefit in just knowing a little bit more about yourself so you can identify. For me, it's actually really helpful to be like, that's actually just a trait of mine that's just not helpful. Or this is a strength of mine and I'm just going to like, yeah, this is this is a strength of mine. I'm going to do it. Or you know what? The most beneficial for me actually has been knowing that like, oh, that's just, this is a thing that doesn't serve me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't recognize it before. Right. But now that I know that it doesn't serve me, I can much more easily either process it or work around it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have either of you noticed anything like as you're going about your day? I've had a couple of these and I can share, but I was wondering if you guys have had this where you're going about your day and a situation happens and you're like, oh my gosh, that's my, that's my nine. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I feel like when I first read this and cause the nine was kind of at the beginning when I first read this, there were certain things where <laughs> I think Terilyn put it this way, but I agree where I, I was offended by it. And the fact that it was like, oh my gosh, no, like I, yes, I do that. And here's why. And I was almost like, yeah, it, it like got to me to my core because I realized that I do do it. So then, yeah, throughout there was, especially right after reading it, where I would like see certain things where I would maybe tend to maybe do something. And I was like, wait a minute, hold on. I don't like, it was good. Cause I almost was able to like realize things that I was kind of doing just mindlessly. And I was able to think like, wait a minute, do I want to do this differently? Like I can, like I can approach this in a different way. So yeah, totally. I feel like one of those things would be, for instance, nine, nines are known as being like the peacemakers. They're like, go with the flow. They're usually really, uh, they like, they're good at good. They can be really good mediators. They're able to see different perspectives, which are all really good strengths. And I actually do see those in myself and I'm grateful for them. So I feel like that's a gift, but also it can be, (laughs) 
a weakness. And one of those is that I do avoid conflict. Like I'm very conflict avoidant. And I've realized that um, I actually took like a, a communication and conflict class when I was in college. And I actually realized that pretty quickly in that class <laughs> that I was conflict avoidant. There's like different conflict styles. And one of them is a, you're an avoider of conflict and, or an accommodator. I'll do both. Like either I'll just accommodate to avoid the conflict. Like I'll accommodate whoever it is that I'm with, or I'll just avoid altogether, which I'll say like in marriage, avoiding doesn't really work because you live with that person. So in marriage has been a good thing for me because um, you can't, there are certain things where like maybe in the past I would maybe, if I didn't want to handle that conflict with somebody, I would just avoid them <laughs> or avoid the situation. Um, but with marriage, it's kind of like, you've got to work things out. So I, I would tend to then instead, like maybe accommodate or merge. And once I learned that about myself and I feel like, especially reading this, it's been good for me because I realized like conflict in itself isn't a bad thing. And I feel like this has gone over time, but I really, I really have liked reading this because I feel like it, it did give me some reasons as to why I do it. And so I do like, I, I will pay attention throughout the day of like when I can see myself that I'm trying to avoid a conflict, maybe not the day, but like throughout even a week. And I like almost have to consciously coach myself through it of like conflict itself isn't a bad thing. I can, I can like talk about this. It's going to be okay. And it's not going to be the end of the world. Cause the other thing is too, is that like something that might not seem like a big deal to other numbers can feel like a really big deal to a nine. So anyway, that's something that I've noticed too, is that it's like, this actually doesn't have to be as big of a deal as I am thinking it is. So that's like one way that I think I've noticed it myself and it's been just another added tool for me to recognize it in myself. Mm -hmm. Well, is Cam a conflict avoidant number, your husband, or like, how does that play out in your relationship? Because I can see how, say like my, a three, I think I automatically, I have to be really aware of pulling like uh, opinions out of someone who is more of a peacemaker because my personality would tend to over like just make the decision yeah you know but yeah, if totally. I have nines or other of like numbers in my life who are more peacemakers I want to be sure that they feel like their stuff is heard so how does it play out in your relationship well yeah it's, that's a good question because so Cam took it he thinks he's a one and I think there is like a lot of one about him so I think that's right there's like a it's it's kind of hard to like diagnose somebody else but um and ones are like their title is a perfectionist and they're very detail oriented. They're good at things. I think for me and Cam though, I think it's helped over time. I think he has learned and realized, which, which has been nice for me. He's learned and realized that that is my tendency is that I do tend to either avoid conflict or even simple things. It doesn't have to even be a big conflict. It can be, and I don't even consider these conflicts, but even if it's like a decision of what we're going to do that night, like after the kids go to bed or where we're going to go to dinner, or those are just a couple of examples. It's not even a conflict. I don't see those things as conflicts, but it's how, as my nine self, my go with the flow state is just like, oh, what do you want to do? Like, so if he asks me, I'll usually like, I just tend to just turn it back of like, I'll like maybe give some options sometimes, but then I'm like, but what do you want to do? Like, what sense do you? And I think what's been nice is that he has realized that a long, probably long ago before I read the Instagram, but I think he's good at very gently and kindly being like, okay, no, but like, he'll kind of like help me work through what I would want to do or like 
where I would want to go or in a conflict, I feel like something that we've worked about together is like, I do realize that sometimes I, I don't know, I would maybe avoid it. And he's been good at, um, kind of helping it happen. Cause even though conflicts aren't fun to have, I feel like he, he knows that they're important. And I think he also knows that I sometimes have a hard time making, like maybe initiating it. So he's been good. Like we do try to every week have like a time where we like have a, an inventory, like a couple's chat where it's like, okay, what's going on? And sometimes I would, I avoid bringing it up, even though if I want to bring something up, I have a hard time actually like doing it. So he's actually been good of like, he'll like initiate things like that. So that's a few examples of what it looks like in our relationship is it's been helpful because I think on his side, he realizes that that's something that I have a hard time with. It's like maybe initiating a conflict or things like that. And he will, he, he has chosen, which again, I actually totally recognize that it's, he's made a, a conscious choice to like help make those times a little easier for me by like, he'll initiate it and he'll respond in a good way. And that's happened over time. Like I think as we've both come to know each other, but he realizes like, he totally knows that that's something that I, that I do, that I'll just like, kind of go with the flow. I'll merge. Like when it comes to like opinions about things, especially like things that we want to do, I will just kind of sometimes be like, yeah, what do you want to do? Like, he's really good at being like, no, no, no. Like, seriously, what do you want to do? Like, we're going to do what you want to do. And then like, we actually really do it. So those are some things that have been helpful for me. And I also realized that that's not something that everybody's going to do. So, so I, and I don't think that it should be someone else's job. So with reading this, it's like, I don't think it should be someone else's job to always make sure that I'm like getting my say in it. Like, that's my job. You know what I mean? Like I should be able to say that this is some, so I think that's been good for me is that I've been like, Hey, I can say my opinion even with recording this. Like, so it's funny going back to the recording. Felicia was like, I don't know. Like if, you know, I don't know if I'm totally feeling it in this way. And you were very good at articulating it. And I, it was good for me. I think I did this right. But it was like, no, I actually do still think it would be good for these reasons. And probably still the piece, but it was like, and I also see if it's not right for you. But I think sometimes I might just tend to be like, okay, yeah, if you don't feel good about it, then we won't do it. But I think I've gotten better at being, being able to say my opinion and still almost maybe appease my peacemaker side of being like, and it's okay, whatever we do, but like, this is how I feel. And I think we should do it. You know what I mean? That's been something for me. So this is, I think, I think I'm also a nine, but so does our brother. So (laughs) So that makes me concerned that I'm really not a nine because what are the chances of all three of us being nines? I don't know. Like, I thought I was a nine until I heard that. And then I was like, wait, are we? Are we? Just be clear, though. I think you're a nine, though, too. But keep going. <laughs> and Felicia, anyway, I want, and Felicia, I want to know your opinion, too. But anyway, I just want to add. So if we're talking about how this affects us in our daily life, it's interesting because that is also for me the magic. I would say I'm a little different than Caitlin in that, like, I... I think I do say what I want more. It's a little easier for me to say what I want. In fact, I actually have no problem saying what I want. What am I saying? Um, but I think there is something beautiful about what I've specifically found it as a family. Like as we're talking as a family, meaning my family of origin, which apparently is a bunch of nines, us three kids at least, apparently. I don't know. But that people didn't want to say like, say just for example, choosing a restaurant. People don't want to say because they don't want to make like say we have like if one person really wants it, it just like, let's just defer to the one person. Right. But something I now do in my family with my little kids too, is I want everybody to say, it's just a vote. It doesn't mean you're overpowering somebody else. It doesn't mean you're like saying that what somebody else wants doesn't matter. It's that your voice matters. So 
I want everybody to say what they want. And yeah, of course, we're not going to be doing it because we're only going to one restaurant. So we're going to have probably three or four different restaurants said, but I want everybody to say what it is. And for me, that's important. So with my own children, I have one child in particular who defers and defers and defers to other people's emotions. Like literally, she senses something is off and she will, her tendency is to do whatever she can do to make that person feel comfortable. She can tell they're uncomfortable. She goes to make them comfortable, which is a superpower and also a toxic trait, depending on how much you're using it and where, right? And I empathize with her so much in that. So for me, it's like, I actually, I need you all to exercise saying your wants. Are we all going to get our want here? No, but saying it as like a vote really has helped in my family of origin and my current little family to really help those peacemakers still have a voice. You know what I mean? That there is nothing wrong with saying what you want. Mm-hmm. And then of course, when a group, when a group, you're not going to get everything you want every time, but, but being willing to identify what it is you want and voice it, I think is an important quality. So if you nines out there or you, this, the peacemaker is one of the things they call nines. If you're hearing me and you're like, yeah, I'm uncomfortable when other people are uncomfortable my for me like the takeaway one of the takeaways for nine is your voice matters and it doesn't mean you're overpowering people just to say things that you want right it also doesn't mean getting what you want all the time but being able able to identify it and speak it I think is an important practice for a nine and how that shows up for me as a toxic trait so the benefit of this trait for me in my life is I feel like I can really tap into people's emotions and I can really give them empathy and presence when I'm with them so that's the gift, which is a major gift. I find in this type, the toxic, and I'm going to say it as a toxic trait because it really is unhealthy for me. And I have really experienced it being unhealthy is, um, for example, I will bring up something with somebody that's a hard thing. It's a conflict, right? This is something that's making me frustrated or unhappy, or this isn't working for me or whatever. So I'll bring it up. And then that person has an emotional response, which they are entitled to, right? Like there is nothing wrong with feeling emotions when somebody brings up something difficult. Okay. So, so far we're on track, right? I am expressing something. Another person feels emotions about the thing I say. Okay. Then this is where the toxic trait comes in. Then I take all the emotion that they just showed me and I'm like, hold on, let me take your emotion. I'm just going to like lift it up and then I'm going to like move it around and fix it. Like, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. I don't want you to feel bad. I don't want you to feel that. Like, I just feel bad now that you feel bad. And so, like, then I'm just taking responsibility. And the the cool thing about this, and if anybody doesn't, I'm going to actually, I usually don't like just say follow Instagram influencers, but there's a psychologist who I would highly recommend. She's a holistic psychologist. And she talks about this all the time. I'm going to post her little handle here. But literally, so I'm going to quote her right now adults can handle their own emotions. So I don't know if this is like mind blowing for anybody else because it sounds so simple, but I'm going to say it again. Adults can handle, you can allow other adults to handle their own emotions. So (laughs) just so you know, if that's like mind blowing for anybody else, like you don't have to fix it. But the difficult thing is about being a nine is I feel like there's been a lot of times in my life where I can fix it. Like I do fix it. Mm Mm-hmm. And if there's like a conflict in a group, that's like my gift. I can like mm-hmm. sometimes, not all the time, but like there's been a lot of times where I'm like, oh yeah, like I made people feel comfortable by helping smooth that out. 
Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that's not really the healthiest. Sometimes that is healthy. Sometimes you do need a peacemaker and a mediator. You really do. The The role is an important role sometimes. But if you're taking that role on in every single situation, that's where it's not healthy. And mm-hmm. allowing other people to just feel their own emotions, which I know is, I know as I'm saying this, you listeners are probably like, Terrilyn, you've told us this is about children so many times. You've been talking about that. You can allow children to have their own emotions and you can set a boundary and they can be sad about it and you can just allow them to feel that emotion why are you real why are you having a hard time with this with adults because yeah with kids I get that with kids like I can I can with kids set a boundary with my six-year-old and he can be so sad about it and I can literally be like you're sad about that and I can hug you but I don't feel this weird like now let me fix your emotion for you because I practiced it a ton so Mm -hmm. I know you guys are thinking Carolyn, you already know this. Like, why are you why are you acting like you don't know this? But apparently I didn't know it with adults. <laughs> so that's a way that this has really helped me know something about myself and also with help of therapy. So I have a therapist who also tells me, you know what I mean? Like this is a lot of different angles. You guys can't see my hand motions here, but I wish you could. Lots of different angles coming in. But this has been one of the tools that have helped me. So there you go. Everybody can be responsible for it. And your voice matters. You can say a vote anytime you want to say what you want and desire. Okay. That's 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 one of the ways it shows up for me in my own life that I've really been noticing lately. So Yeah, totally. And I see that in you, Terrell. By the way, like I feel like when I'm around you, like I think that is a major gift of yours is that you can do those things. Very good at yeah, bringing peace to the situation, helping people feel comfortable, manage people's emotions. And like you said, I think it can be a major strength and it can be like if in an insecure place or if left unchecked, it can become a big weakness. So I think it's a good thing to recognize that it can be both, but it's up to you to be able to make it. If it's being a detriment to yourself, it's not a healthy, you know, it's now become a weakness. So I think it's, yeah, it's good to be able to recognize it. And I think all this just comes from being aware, like Mm -hmm. being aware that this is a thing that you do. And anyway, going forward. I would be curious to know, as we're talking about, could all of you siblings be nines? Which, by the way, I've figured out Parker's number, so I'll share a little bit about that. But yeah, but it makes me curious. We've talked about energy typing with kids, and and I wonder because you're saying you have some peacemakers in your family, Terlyn, and I, it makes me wonder how much of it is nature versus nurture. Yeah, with our kids, and if yeah. it like adapts as they grow because okay so first I've discovered that I think Parker is a nine with a wing eight which is a very interesting number because eight is the contrarian and they're like they take command of situations and want to almost push against what people are saying so nine with a wing eight is a very if you read about it, it's very interesting because what they often do is they'll they'll call out a situation, but then because they want to get to a peaceful resolution of the situation, which mm. is totally Parker. And like when I read it, I was like, because I at first like, there's no way you're a nine. You're always just like calling stuff out, making people more upset in the moment a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But then he does want, because he wants the resolve, that's why he does it. So it's mm-hmm. really interesting if you get into this and start looking at your wings and how they put a little, it's like a little flavor on your original number. 
And Mm -hmm. sometimes, so for me, um, when I, I think growing up, I was really strong in my three. So I'm a three wing four. A three is performative, not in like a get on stage performing, but in like a, I will do, what'd you say? Achieving. Achieving. Yeah. I will have success and check the boxes. So I'm doing all the right things that from the outside are perceived to be, yes, thumbs up, gold star. And I don't think I would have ever said I had a wing four until the last maybe two years, because I think I was very strongly in my three out of survival. So I've shared a little bit about my childhood, but um, in order to get to the place that I viewed as a three as successful, I needed to basically be more like a chameleon to succeed in situations to be the most, the best, whatever I was going to be. So threes have this, they need to work. They need to be leaders. If any relationships are interfering with their goals, then they will change them. They will change themselves even to, they will deceive themselves to succeed, which is very interesting. If you think you might be a three and you read into this, you'll start to a lot of politicians are threes. It's it's interesting once you dive into it. But <clears throat> as I've done more work on myself, I feel like I've healed the part of me that is a that is more a four, which is more vulnerable. And it's interesting because my wing four makes me feel, makes me call out things that are inauthentic in myself as a three. So fours are very averse to anything that's inauthentic. And I feel like I've only felt safe enough to call my ego out in those ways in the last few years as I've, you know, done a lot of work through meditation, journaling, whatever, just been more aware of my own feelings, my body, um, my relationships and putting them before success, those type of things. So I've, I feel really like when I read this, I felt a lot of pings of like, Ugh, that's totally me. And I don't like it about a lot of things in the three. And that's how they say, you might know you're the number that you're reading because it yeah. will really offend you. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly when we were like months discussing this. I think I, it was literally like in my text message was like, this offends me the most. So I think it's me. (laughs) Yeah. So it's cool because I think that when we're aware, I've noticed the more I become aware of them, the more I can heal them. So I can look at my past and say, Ooh, that was my unhealthy three. How Mm -hmm. can I digest those failures, recognize that as more of my shadow side and heal it And I found that in healing it, I don't think that, I don't, how do I explain this? I think that my three was just overshadowing my four because fours are more vulnerable, more creative. Um, And so my three is like this stronger personality that I think was stamping it down. So I feel like I've discovered more my true self through recognizing the shadow side of my three, which has been kind of Mm. cool. Yeah, that is really interesting. 
So how did, I know you mentioned a couple of things. How do you feel like you've, cause I'm curious, like, um, and I think our listeners probably are too, like, how do you go about, like, if, if you feel like, yeah, maybe you've been in an unhealthy side of one of these numbers, but for your, for you, like unhealthy side of a three, you've kind of been acting maybe out of stress or insecurity or whatever. How, what are, like, what is maybe one or a few things that you've done that you feel like really has helped you maybe step into like the better part of your numbers? And like you said, maybe let that four part that you do really value, like let that be a little more free. Mm-hmm. What's done? It's probably different for whatever your Enneagram is. But for me as a three, it was really important for me to slow down and listen to my body because I tend to just keep going, 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 <laughs> always yeah. have a new success, a new project. If something doesn't work, get a new one. And um, oftentimes threes will get sick or get hurt because their body's trying to force them to slow down. And the tricky part is the world really, really calls threes a success. Like the world, if you're a three, is like, go you. You're getting everything done and you're achieving. You're checking the boxes. And so when you're having that outside affirmation of your worth, it's hard to be like, nope, I'm just going to have to say no and (laughs) slow down. So that, that, first of all, has been something that was healing for me. And then also um, reclaiming my past because threes want to push forward to the future. And so taking, you know, if I, if I feel like I like, like what's the right word, like bulldozed over someone or a relationship, I was wrong in a relationship, like taking responsibilities for those things. Um, if I like push past someone in order to succeed, recognizing that journaling um, about past, almost like past selves, because three, I, I'm sure a lot of people do this, but um, threes can kind of like cover over and make up new stories for themselves or, or who they are to make a rosier picture. So looking back and like reclaiming those things have been really helpful for me. And then also just just knowing that behind all those achievements and success, whatever, I'm, I'm there. Like we each are of value regardless of, you know, maybe for a nine it's, you're keeping peace and all your relationships are like flowing smoothly. And you have this, like you're mostly like have this happy life or for a three you're achieving, you're checking off the boxes behind all of that. We're all of value. We're all of value. Like all of these Enneagrams have a way that they feel worth. And those are often the things feeding our ego. So for me, that was really important just to say, it's just me back here. I don't have to play all these roles, you know, which is still, I mean, every single day you have to do it, you know? Yeah. Well, I really like that. I feel like, um, I I think the cool thing about this too, is that it's like, I mean, it's just like with most of life, like we can get better at trying to be in a healthy place so that we are coming, we're coming at our 
daily lives from a place of security. And I, but I think it really does have to come from being aware. So I love that. Cause it's like, I feel like even, you know, I, we get better at doing things. We get better at handling the things that we maybe were once folly for us. But, but I think like, that's the thing. It's like every day it is like a new practice of figuring out how that's going to look for us to be able to respond in a healthy way. Um, I really like in, in the book that we read in the pathway back to you at the end of each chapter. So at the end of each number, he talks about 10 paths to transformation for each number. So it'll say like at the end, here's some practices that you can do to be, to transform yourself into being the best, like kind of the best version of yourself. And it's interesting because for threes, the number one thing says it's important for every number to develop a practice of silence and silence, solitude, and meditation but it's particularly essential for threes since you place high value on activity and productivity. So, and I mean, that's, that was like the number one thing you said was like taking the time, like actually really taking the time to be silent and meditative because otherwise it won't happen, especially for three because it's like, they're just go, 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 go. So I really like that. I love that. Yeah. That's very true for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think um, one for me, like when I was looking through this, uh, for me, like in the pathways or sorry, in the paths back to transformation for a nine, the first question was actually journal on the question. What is my life, co- my calling or life's program? Am I pursuing it or postponing it to keep the peace? And anyway, that was actually really good for me. Cause I think, um, especially as a mom, I think being a nine too, it's, it becomes really easy. Cause that is like, I want to, I want to like help everybody feel comfortable, but it's just a good practice to be thinking like, am I postponing something that I want or like mostly because I'm just kind of not paying attention to it like I'm almost falling asleep to it they actually talk about that in the book like falling asleep to it anyway it's like something that I have to think about and again coming back to like taking the time to journal it that was that's been something that's been um, like interesting for me like a good mm-hmm. practice because <clears throat> a nine insecurity so again one other way that I've actually seen this in my life is when I'm insecurity we actually reflect the positive sides of threes. So the positive side of your number, Felicia. So that looks like being more goal, goal oriented, decisive, self-confident into in touch with life's agenda. Um, and like, I believe the present, my presence in the world matters. And so in those like healthy places, we can experience more genuine peace and harmony. So, and I feel like I've definitely seen that in my, like, I feel like there are times in my life and, and honestly, probably more often than not where I actually do feel like I emanate those sides. Like I am really goal oriented. I do these things. So I have these really cool things that do emanate. I'm not always just like, oh, whatever. So I see those sides of me too. And I feel like, um, when I'm in a really good place, like I sometimes notice how I maybe fall asleep to that, but I'm in, when I'm in a good place, I can totally like, I feel that side of me emanating, which I really which I like. And so I think that's a good thing to know as a nine too, that it's like, it's not like you're always just go with the flow. You can like be productive and do all those things, but it comes with being aware and like being aware of what you're doing. I was going to say that that part of the nine did not resonate with me for both of you, because I see you both as self-aware of what you want personally and, and that you will seek to like access your goals. So that is really good to know. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I was very confused by that part of mine for both of you. So good. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's a good part. Cause again, I think that's the cool thing about it is that they are these dynamic changing numbers. And when you're in a good place, you show something mm-hmm. different. 
One thing that I did want to say, actually, Terrilyn, I see this in you with the nine and mostly because you've said it. Like, I don't know if I would have known had you not like said this because this is something that would be happening in your own mind. But it does talk about how nines go into their, they call it the inner sanctum. So like they'll go into this place of peace within themselves and they want to maintain that place of peace, which I feel that. But during that time, like especially um, like it, it can be during times of stress and not. But they'll like if they retreat to their inner sanctum, it's kind of like one of the things that they'll do is they'll like replay past events. They'll think through different things. And Terrell, I know that you've just said that, that you're like, I will think through like conversations that I've had in the past. You'll like walk through conversations that you'll have like hypothetically with people. So anyway, that actually, when I read that, it made me kind of giggle because mm-hmm. I feel like that's actually a big, mm-hmm. like you've told me that you do that, that you'll just like go in your own mind and like have have like full on dialogues with people in the past, present, future, anyway. All the time. And I remember when I told Felicia that years ago, she was like, what? (laughs) Why would you be having conversations that you either of a past conversation or for me, a lot of it is future conversations. I have, I have had a conversation with a person for like 20 years and I've never actually had the conversation. Like, and it's not because I think I should have the conversation, just to be clear. I haven't had the conversation because I think, I don't think it would be helpful. But what I'm saying is like, um, and anyway, what I'm saying is like, it's literally like I have in my head, I like think of ways like, what if I said it like this? Or what about like this? And yeah, I do that all the time, all the time. And ever since I was a little kid, I mean, literally, again, I don't, it's a good thing and a bad thing. My best friend growing up, she was like, she called it Terrilyn's world. She was like, were you in Terrilyn's world for a while? Like I was like, if I'm there, if I'm on the inside, I am not somewhere else. Like I am not where my body is. Mm-hmm. And when I first got married, my husband, like his feelings were really hurt because we would go somewhere on a trip or something and I would be like sniffing a flower and he'd be talking to me. And I didn't even like, I wouldn't even hear him. I didn't even know he was talking to me. And I had to be like, hey. If you want me to listen to you, you got to like look me in the eyes and make sure that I am responding back to you. Because if I am, I am with you. I can give you my, if I, you have my full attention, I am like way with you. And I'm not going to notice flowers or even what country we're in. Like, cause I'm with you. Right. <laughs> but if I am looking at a flower, then I'm not even going to hear the words you say, like literally don't even have the capacity to hear it. And so it was actually something like I had to like teach him, like if you're going to talk to me or like we'd be, we'd be watching a show and he'd say something and I wouldn't even hear him. And he, and he'd be like, I was just talking to you. And I'm like, but I was watching a show. I didn't, I didn't even hear. It isn't that I was trying to ignore you. I actually didn't even hear it. So what I'm saying is yes, inside my own mind is like a whole, and now that I've watched Sherlock Holmes, I call it my mind palace. I like that better. <sighs> like it's just, it's this cool place that I like to go to. And when I'm there, I'm not, I'm not where my body is, but it's interesting because something that I really noticed, something that they say about, um, and this is, I'll put a link to this. It's called the Enneagram Institute. They have some really great, it's just some cool tools. You can read a lot about your individual thing if you don't want to read the whole book, but said this says ironically for a type so oriented in the spiritual world, nine is the center of the instinctive center. And is the type that is potentially most grounded in the physical world and in their own bodies. The contradiction is resolved when we realize that nines are either in touch with their instinctive qualities and have tremendous elemental power and personal magnetism, or they're cut off from their instinctual strengths and can be disengaged and remote. So for me, it's interesting because my body, because yes, I do go into a place in my mind and I do have tendencies to, I even love like, let's go off on some like woo-woo spiritual tangent in my head. 
But my body is actually the tool that I always use to ground myself in the present moment. Like when I find myself, when it's becoming, there's nothing wrong with, I think there's nothing wrong with going in deep and in thought into your own brain sometimes. But sometimes for me, that looks like now I'm spiraling. I'm actually doing like circular thinking and it's taking me away in a not pleasant way. Like I'm just circling and circling and circling and it's not serving me. My body is my tool, which is so beautiful. That's why, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so drawn towards yoga and I teach yoga is because I use that returning. Like my body is what helps me pull myself back into where I actually am, which is here in this present moment, not in the past or the future. And also in location, I am here in this physical location. And because of that, my body has been this amazing tool to help me it like pairs that and I didn't I didn't actually ever put that together until we did study this Enneagram stuff is where I realized oh it isn't that I'm like I I I have both and using them together is where I find my peace Mm -hmm. because otherwise my brain can take me way all over the place which I love I love that part but a lot of times it doesn't serve me and so that's where I can really use my body to help me come in to the present moment and I feel like my body has been and we've talked about this on the podcast, but the more I get in tune with my body, it's incredible the things my body has to say. And it's part of this conversation with my mind and my heart. You know, it's this beautiful kind of connective thing. It's an integrated. Well, I guess what I'm saying is integrating <clears throat> the spiritual and the mental and the heart with my body is something. And as I'm saying this, this is not this is not particular to a specific type everybody finds peace in the integration it's just how that looks Mm -hmm. and some people might have to use their mind more to help with that or whatever but for me my body is a place where I can pull myself into this the present moment you know yeah yeah I think the Enneagram is exactly that a really cool tool to help all of us find integration in our own mind body spirit heart all of that All right, everyone, let's find the magic. If you like what you heard today, please share this with a friend or loved one. This means so much to us and it helps the podcast continue to grow. And if this podcast has meant something to you, there are three things that you can do right now that will help us immensely. The first is to subscribe or follow us. And you can do that by going to our page, wherever you listen to podcasts. And then if you tap on the upper right-hand corner, there's usually a plus sign or a subscribe button. And just go ahead and tap that and that will allow you to subscribe or follow us, which what this does is make sure that you never miss an episode and it really helps us at Find the Magic. The second thing you can do is share it with a friend. So if you like what you heard, um, send it to somebody or post it on social media. This does a ton to help our podcast continue to grow and for us to be able to make more episodes. And lastly, Um, if you've enjoyed being here with us on find the magic, we would love it if you could leave us a five-star review. Um, we read every single one of those reviews and we appreciate them so much. And we want you guys to know that we feel that you, our listeners are our friends and we're so grateful. Thank you so much for sticking with us on this journey. We have loved it. So let's find the magic together. Cows. <laughs>